KMTT. And this is Ezra Beck, and today is Wednesday, Bet Tammuz. Today's shiur on KMTT is the shiur in Masechet Brachot, Halacha, Va'agada. Today's Ma'amar, uh, we're going to talk about a famous Gemara, which I think everybody more or less knows at least the conclusion. I'd like to examine some of the Halachot involved, as well as the particular language used in Mamah. Tafchet Amudalif in Brachot. Amar Ravuna Bar Yehuda Amar Rav Ami. Laulam yashlim adam parshiotav imatzibu. Shnayim mikra veechad tagum. Yafilu atarot vedivon. Shekola mashlim parshiotav imatzibu marichin lo yamav ushnotav. Okay, so Rav Ami said... A person should always make sure, the ulam, a person should always make a great effort, make sure to complete his parshiot with the tzibur, with the congregation. Twice the mikra, the text of the Torah, and once the targum, the translation. Afilo atarot vedivon. Even the words Atarot V'divon, Atarot V'divon are place names. And therefore, they don't actually have a translation. We'll see exactly what that means in a second, but in, in Targumunka, for instance, it says Atarot V'divon. There's no way to translate it in any other language. Shekol ha-mashlim parshutavim tzibum yamav ushnotav. Why should a person always make sure to do this? Because one who completes his parshiot with the congregation, his days and years are lengthened. Okay, as we pointed out in some Amarim in the past, this doesn't translate into an obligation. If it said Chayav Adam Lashlem, it means you would have to do it. Here it says one should do it, and even gives the reason why you should do it. Not because Hazal said so, but because it's a very good, wise thing to do. Because if you do it, then your days and years will be lengthened. So it's highly, highly commendable and very much recommended. But I think it would be wrong to describe it as being a an obligation, a chiyuv, a takanada rabbanan, or the right or anything else. Now, this is the, uh, uh, I almost said obligation, this is, this is the, the halacha called shnayim mikav echatagam. One should read the parasha every week, going over the parasha itself twice, and once with tagam. Now, it's important to realize that in the time of the Gemara, it wasn't at all self-evident that they read the entire Torah in one year. We know of at least two different minhagim. The minhagim Bavel, where Ravami lived, was in fact to read it once a year. But minhagim Eretz Yisrael, which he undoubtedly was familiar with, was to read it once every three years. And no place in the Gemara does it say that one reads the Torah once a year. However, you do read the Torah every week. And therefore, Lashlim Parashutav Imat Tzibur means whatever the Tzibur reads, you should be reading as well. Since our minhag, meaning of all Jews around the world today, is to finish the entire Torah once a year, we finish on Simchat Torah, then this means that once a year, every single Jew who will be following this recommendation will be reading the Torah to himself together with the Tzibur. Shnayim Mikra V'echad Targum. What does it mean, Shnayim Mikra V'echad Targum? You wind up reading it three times, twice in the original text and once in the Targum. The Gemara says, "Afilu atarot v'divon." Rashi says, "Atarot v'divon she'ein bo targum." Tosfot asks an interesting question. He says, "Why did, if that's true, that atarot v'divon are words that have no 
translation, then why is the Torah pick Atavot Bedivot and not Uvein, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, just, just people's names. And in fact, Tosfot knows that Atavot Bedivot in the Targum Yerushalmi has a translation. There's more than one Aramaic Targum to the Torah. The one with me with is called Targum Onkelos. But there's another Targum called Targum Yerushalmi. And uh, in Targum Yerushalmi, the words Atavot Bedivot have a translation. Sort of a Jewish. Uh, in general, Targum Yerushalmi is more davshani, adds more to the literal translation than does Targum Onkelos, which is very close to being a word-to-word translation. So Atavot Bedivon have a translation in Targum Yerushalmi. So Tosos says, well, that makes sense. That's why I feel Atavot Bedivon, because they have a translation in Targum Yerushalmi, and that's what the Gemara is trying to say, that you should read the Targum Yerushalmi. If there's no Targum Onkelos, you should be Targum Yerushalmi. And therefore, Tosfos' conclusion is that if you come across words which don't have any translation, so you should, if it's not in Tagum Unkelis, you should read Tagum Yerushalmi. And if it's no translation at all, then you should read it three times in the Hebrew. In other words, according to Tosfot, the halacha is you have to read it three times. However, when you read it three times, one of the times you can read translation instead of the original. And of course, it's a benefit because then you'll understand it better. But if you, if there is no translation, Tosa says, then read the Hebrew three times. So apparently the three is an important number here. The, the, the Chazal said you should read the Torah, go over the Torah together with the Tzibur three times. If you're doing it three times, so let's get a little bit of extra benefit. Read it twice in Hebrew, once in translation. The Rush disagrees with the Tosvat. And he says if there's no translation, you can read it twice. Because the din is Shnaya Mikra and once Targum. So therefore you have to read every Pasuk Shnaya Mikra and read it once Targum. No Targum, then you don't have to read a Targum. But there's no need to read it a third time to make up for the fact that you didn't read the Targum. These are two separate Alachot. One Alachai is to read everything twice and another Alachai is to read a Targum. Of course, only if there is a, a Targum. So we have a Machloket here. It's basically a numerological one. Tosfa thinks that you should read the Torah three times with the possibility, maybe even the recommendation, of switching one of the three times from Hebrew to Aramaic. And the Rush thinks you should read the Torah twice and also read the Torah once in, in translation. I'll get back to the significance of this Machloket. But I want to mention another Machloket between Tosfot and the Rush. Uh, Tosfot claims here on Davchet that you have to read Targum Unkelos. The Aramaic Targum that Chazal uh, recommended. Chazal gave it a special status. It was part of, the, even in the reading of the Torah in Shul, in the times of Chazal, the Torah was read once in Hebrew and each Pasuk was translated publicly by a translator stood next to the Balkori into the Targum we call Targum Onkelos. But Tosa says, let's say you don't know Aramaic. Hardly a theoretical question. The people that Tosfat knew also didn't know Aramaic. It was no longer the language, the lingua franca. It wasn't the language the Jews spoke. So some people said, translate it into French. Tosa says, no. It has to be translated into the Targum. 
Tosos gives the reason because the Targum has certain commentary built into it, and that commentary is the commentary of Chazal, and another translation wouldn't have that, and therefore it's not as good. The Rush has the exact opposite Shita opinion. The Rush says that if the Gemara says Shnayim Mikra Ve'echa Targum, then you don't have to read Targum. You can also read Perusha Torah, that's because it, Perusha Torah. Since every word is explained in the Perusha Torah, the commentary explains the word, so we don't need Targum, of course. You can read Perusha Torah. The Gra claims the base of this Rush that the best thing is to learn Chumash with Rashi. Could very well be that the Rush meant Rashi. Since Rashi, already in the time of the Rush, who was only four generations after Rashi, Rashi was the Perush, the commentary. The Gvaz says, Allah that the best, better than Targamunkus, which we really don't understand and hardly explains things to us, we have more trouble understanding Targamunkus than we would have understanding the original Hebrew, is better to learn Pamayim Mikra, twice the Hebrew text, and once learn Rashi. Because Rashi explains everything that needs, that needs explanation in the original text. I suspect these two different disputes between Tosut and the Rash, Ahabahatalya, it's the same, one is totally on the other. According to the Tosfot, you have to read the Torah three times. Talgum Unculus is a form of Torah reading. It's the officially sanctioned translation. Every word is translated. And Chazal saw it as being the translation. And therefore it's another way of reading the original. In translations in general, we have two attitudes on translations. Obviously, it's different than the original. On the other hand, it's, it is a recreation of the original. It's not a, it's not a paraphrase. Uh, if someone, if you've read uh, Dostoevsky, if I ask you if you've read Crime and Punishment, you don't say, no, I didn't read Crime and Punishment. I don't know Russian. I just read this other book called Crime and Punishment that's translated from Crime and Punishment. You read Dostoevsky. You read him in translation. So, so translations could be, I think this is what Tosh was saying, tra- the translation of the Torah, the Chagum Unkelis of the Torah, the official translation, that is another way of reading the Torah. And it has certain advantages because it helps you understand it better and therefore that's the way you should read it. But according to the Rush, when you read Targum, it's not a third reading of the Torah. Because as we saw, if there is no Targum, you read the Torah only twice. You don't have to read the Torah three times. So you read the Torah twice. There's another halacha that aside from reading the Torah, you should also explain the Torah. The Targum here is not a form of Kriya, not a form of Torah reading, but a form of Torah explanation. And the original halacha was twice to read the Torah and once to explain it to yourself. So from this, the Rush said, there's nothing special about Targum Unkus, it's a very good explanation, but there are other explanations. And, and the Grad thinks that as far as we're concerned, Rashi is superior to Targum because we understand Rashi and Targum we have great difficulty understanding. So therefore, if this is correct and, and the explanation is correct, we have two different opinions here. One says you should read the Torah three times one time could be in another version. And the Rush holds, you should read the Torah twice. But also make sure that you understand it by reading it a third time or, or going over the third time with a commentary and not merely the original text. Now, what in fact is the significance of the Lacha of Shnayim Mikra Ve'echatag? As I said in my first sentence today, I think we've all heard of this halacha. I can't help noticing that 
Halacha is widely not observed. I think once it was it was understood that there is a real chiv like this. I said, I, I, I admit, I said there is no chiv. But I think it was taught to children this should be done. I, I can't help noticing that I think many, m- most people don't do shnayimek of What is the significance? Why, in fact, did Chazal view it so highly and recommend it? With the words that marichinno yamavushnatav. It's a segula for long life. I think the key is found in the expression Yashlim Parshiyotav Im Hatsibu. Why do you have to go over the Torah Im Hatsibu together with the reading of the congregation? Im Hatsibu means Kriyata Torah in Shul. Tosos, for instance, was bothered Halacha Lamaisa. Does that mean that you have to read it three times Shabbos morning? Im Hatsibu, so the Torah, the, the Tzibu reads it once and at the same time, I don't know, a few minutes before, a few minutes after, or just read fast, you'd read it three times. He says, no, since we know that we begin reading the Pasha from Mincha of the Shabbat beforehand, we read it the whole week on Mondays and Thursdays, so the whole week is called Kriyata Torah. Okay, so that gives you a week to finish the Pasha as opposed to two hours. But what, what, what's the point? Why do you have to do it Im Hatsibu? Especially since, as I pointed out, it's not at all clear from Chazal that they saw the reading of the Torah as being divided up in a particular time cycle. So I think the answer is, first we have to understand, why do we read the Torah B'Tzibur? From the Gemara in the Gila, it's quite clear that the Gemara thinks that Kriyata Torah B'Tzibur is a recreation of Matan Torah. The Gemara learns a number of halachot concerning Kriyata Torah from Matan Torah. Specifically, the first Gemara in the beginning of Megillah, Nikrit, Omed Yoshev, the Gemara says that the person who reads the Torah has to stand as Moshe stood when he got the Torah from God. There are also other places where the Chazal have a comparison between Kriyat Torah and Matan Torah. It's on that basis, for instance, that uh, it's one of the reasons, but a reason that was very important in the eyes of the Rav Zatzal, why one should stand for Kriyata Torah, not just the person who's leaning, the reader, but the rest of the Tzibur as well. And there are other halachot that are learned by comparison to Matan Torah. There was a Takana, Kriyata Tzibur is not Midiyavaita, it's a Takana Moshe Rabbeinu, a Takana Ezra Sofer, that when you are away from Har Sinai, so you have to keep the experience of Matan Torah alive. The story the Gemara tells about Moshe Rabbeinu was that the Jews went three days, it says in the Torah, and didn't find water, and then they, they complained, they had a rebellion. Chazal Torah. they went three days without learning Torah, and Moshe said, okay, I'm going to make, to make sure that it doesn't happen again, that they, three days without Torah, they became restless and... and, and, and and rambunctious and, 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 and rebellious, we're going to have Kriyat Torah, Shabbat, Mondays and Thursdays. They left Hasinai, they left the meeting of God, they, they weren't getting, God wasn't speaking to them, and the personalities changed. So it's not so much that you have to learn Torah because you have to know Torah. After all, the Jews learn Torah every day when they're in the desert with Moshe Rabbeinu. But you need Kriyat Torah a public 
tzibur, getting together to hear the words of Hashem, just like it has Sinai, to maintain this connection to hearing Dvar Hashem. That's Kriyata Tzibur, Kriyata Torah B'Tzibur. What is Yashlim Parshiyotav Im HaTzibur? So I think for the fact that you have to do it three times in either of Tosfot or the Rosh's version, there's a difference between Kriyata Torah, which is Matan Torah, and Yashlim Parshiyotav, which is Kabbalata Torah. In other words, there are two different aspects here. One is the Torah is being given by God, and two is that you're accepted, you're receiving the Torah. It's two different things. The Torah is read out loud, we all hear it, but you also have to accept it. Accept it means, means, means putting it inside, absorbing it. So for Tosfot, for instance, you have to do the Torah three times. And number three in Chazal, when it comes to learning, is a standard number of not merely learning something once, but doing Chazal, going over it until you know it. Chazal, an expression, Karashana B'Shilesh. Somebody learned, repeated, and tripled. That means he got to know it well. It is true, I have to admit, it is true, the Chazal say in Sanhedrin, that Eino Dome Mishilomeid Me'ebechad Pamim, as opposed to one who learns a hundred. hundred and one is better than a hundred. That's true, the more you learn, the better you know it. But there's a standard expression that something that's done three times, that's like become permanized. It's become, it's become part of you. And the expression appears in many places. Kara Shana Vashilesh. Somebody who didn't just have a passing acquaintance with the Torah he learned, but really knew it well, really had, 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 had imbibed it, had absorbed it into him. That's called Kara Shana Vashilesh. He read, reviewed, and triple reviewed. So I think that for Tosfot, that's what's being done here. You read the Torah once in shul, the, the chazan reads the Torah to you, so you've heard God's voice. That's God giving you the Torah. But for you to actually accept the Torah, and meaning accepting, not just accept to do it, but to accept the lima of the Torah, to accept the content of Torah, so you have to learn it and repeat it and triple it. And that's for Tosfot, the three times. So then, because the purpose is really accepting it, so there's a special advantage in reading at least once, Targum, translation rather than the original because the point is to understand and not just to hear here you can do it once there's no difference between hearing it three times and hearing it once for understanding for learning it then there's a difference comprehension is three times rather than once so even better is for one of them to have been targum to sink in to your mind the understanding more even than just reading it a third time if there's no targum the, the, the principle is to have it three times I think according to the rush it's a little bit different and I guess to our ears maybe even easier to understand. In order to accept the Torah, you have to learn it and comprehend it. So once you read it, and two, you you study it, you you explain it, either through translation or through Perush Rashi or through some other commentary. But as part of the Kabbalata Torah is to not just hear it and not just go over it, but also to explain it to yourself. Therefore, according to the Rashi, there are two different halachot. One is to read it, and Chazal said to read it twice. Because that's simply the, that's simply the principle of repetition means remembering. So once you read it, until you go over it to make sure that you really, that you really uh, will remember it. Chazara, Shana, means you remember it. And once, you explain it, because those are two separate aspects of acceptance. Once is getting the words down right, and two is really understanding them properly, which requires commentary. Which again, could be Tagum, it's a form of commentary, according to the Rush. 
Targum is not a form of the original, it's a form of commentary on the original. And therefore it could be also Rashi. Parenthetically, I, I would like to remark that this is a basic disagreement as to what translation is. Which is, is, I say it's basically because it's part of the tension in Chazal that they have as far as translations are concerned. According to Tosfat, the translation, at least Tagamunkos, there was a really good translation, one that was done by Chazal, and in, there are some places where it implies that the Tagamunkos is Beruach HaKodesh, it, it's, it's almost part of the Torah itself, but a really good translation is the original. It's another form of the original. Whereas according to the Rush, all translation is commentary. You can't actually translate a text. And translation, therefore, you lose the original. And it's only, when I say only, it's, it has an advantage. It's a good commentary. But as far as the original text is concerned, it's only commentary. The most famous question we have concerning Chazal's attitude towards translation in general is connected to the story of the Greek translation to the Torah, the Tarkum Hashivim, the Septuagint, where the uh, Chazal say that the day of its completion was declared to be a fast day. They simply were opposed to having a translation done at all because, and the usual explanation given is because any translation loses from the original, knowing that the people for whom the Greek translation was made were using it to replace the Torah, they didn't speak Hebrew at all, and their Torah was the Septuagint, the Jews of Egypt, and the Chazal were very much afraid that basically they were now getting a, a forged version of the Torah. It's, a, it's an inaccurate version of the Torah because any translation is going to be inaccurate in terms of the pristine original, although it might have other advantages, namely being, namely being commentary. So I think that's the question that's really involved here in Tosfot concerning Tagamunculus. Do we view it as being a version of the original, which in terms of comprehension is even, might even be better in some, in some respects? Or no, there's no such thing. It's merely commentary, but Chazal wants you to have a also a good mere commentary, which leads to the eventual recommendation of Rashi instead of instead of Targumunculus. Why Yashlim Imatsibur? So it's the complete the same thing. You're you're going back to Mamad Hasinai. You're going back to Hasinai. And Hasinai Torah is given but also accepted. And it's therefore it's very important to do the two together. The Gemara continues about somebody who, he, like us, he, he couldn't keep up, and but he wanted to really complete the Torah. So it says, "Rabbi Barabaye Sava LaAshluminu LePashiyata Dekula Shat Bamale Yom Dekipuri." It was one day when he was off. Erev Yom Kippur, the yeshiva was closed. And he's hanging around. He said, "What a great time." I'm not gonna battle, I'm not gonna sit around twiddling my thumbs. And of Yom Kippur, I'll complete the whole Torah. I'll do all the parashat. Either he was behind or perhaps he really didn't do it the whole year. He was gonna do the entire Torah in one day. So, you can't do that. Because, and of Yom Kippur, this particular day that you've chosen, the only day when you have time is, is a mitzvah to eat. The famous halacha that eating on Erev Yom Kippur is like fasting two days. So he said, oh, okay, I can't do it then. He said, okay, so I'll do it a week before. Or maybe I'll do it before the tzibur. I have some time now, I'll do three parashiot, four parashiot, ten parashiot. Get ahead of the, of the game, get ahead of the tzibur. So the old man said to him, 
you should not be learning it ahead of the Zibur and not learning it after the Zibur. Because Yamad Luhu Rav Yoshua ben Levi the Benayu, Rav Yoshua ben Levi told his children, Ashlimu parshiyo taichu imat Zibur, shnayim mikra ve'echad tag. So it's it's crucial. It's really it's a special emphasis here. Not that you should learn the Torah once a year, twice, three times, but that the din, a real din, of having kriyat tzibur in kriyat Torah in the tzibur in the Beit Knesset should be accompanied by an individual. Not you don't do this bit tzibur, but each one of us, when we hear the Torah being given bit tzibur to klal yisrael, we are taking it into our hearts, our souls, our minds, our understanding, especially according to the Rash. And that's why you should join the two. Kriyat HaTorah, Matan Torah, and Ashlumei Parshiyotaychu, Kabbalat HaTorah, by the individual Jews. The last question, why is Marichin lo Yamav Ushnotav? We've asked this question, a similar question, almost, almost half the Mamarim that we read. The Gemara has a habit of recommending certain things by saying, if you do this, you will get the following reward. And we saw Rabbi Yonah asked about the din of smichut gulal tefillah, that he's ben olam haba. Why is he ben olam haba? What's the connection? Say something else that's good about him. Why is he ben olam haba? So I'm asking the same form of the same question. Why is longevity, why is long life the appropriate response, the appropriate result of, of learning, of, of being, finishing the Torah, imat sibur, shnai mikabecha tagum? The answer well, to tell you the truth, I don't know the answer. This one really, really stumps me. And if you know the answer, I'll be happy to hear. Please write, kntt at kimitzion.org. I'll be happy to hear your answers. Well, but I can think of something. I'm not, maybe I'm being a little bit too, uh, too different here. It's a little simple. But, in the meantime, this is what I think the answer is. You're not necessarily a big Talmud Chacham if you finish the Torah Shnayim Eka Bechatagam. Because you haven't learned Mishnah, you haven't learned Gemara, you haven't learned Shas, and you haven't learned Sifri, Sifra, Agalata, you haven't learned Kara Torah Kula. So the, the recommendation here isn't that you should learn a lot of Torah. That's a different mitzvah, meaning to know a lot of Torah. But if I'm correct, that Shnayim Eka Bechatagam means that you've accepted the Torah, You've, you've received it. Except in the sense of that God gives you a present and you, and you accept. You receive the present. You make it yours. You, you go over it until it's part of you. So for Chazal, there's a simple equation between Torah and life. We say this in davening every day. Torah is life, not because you're a Talmud Chacham. Torah is life because you have it. And those, ki motzi chayim. He who finds me, find, find means that if you're walking in the street and you suddenly find a treasure, so you grab it. Ki motzi chayim. If you find Torah, if you, means if you, you've acquired it, then you found life. Having Torah in your heart means having a pacemaker, having, having a lot of life. I think that the Chazal, that was a simple, a simple uh, association. Torah is life. Remember the story of Rabbi Akiva? Who, when there was a, a decree, the Roman government not to learn Torah, he made his friend, Papa Spen Yehuda. And Papa Spen Yehuda said to him, Why are you learning Torah? You're going to get killed. He told him the story of the fish. 
who were asked by the fox to jump out of the water because the fishermen were chasing them. He said, come on dry land, you'll be safe from the fishermen. And they said, if in the water, which is our oxygen, it's, it's our environment, we have problems existing, what will happen when we're out of the water? Tova is the water, it's, it's life. It's the stream of life for, for the Jew. And what he was saying is, Torah doesn't mean that you have to be a Talmud Chacham. You have to have Torah be part of you. Torah part of you is the act of Yashlim of when you go to Shul and God gives you the Torah, you're right there to accept it. How do you accept it? By going over it once, twice, third time with the Perush, third time with the Targum, Tosvot, or the Rush, and thereby you're now a someone who Torah is inside him. Torah is inside you, you're breathing Torah, then Marichinlo Yamav Ushnotav. His days and years are long because he's acquired his acquired life. That's it for the Shiur from Masachat Brachot and now for today's Midrash, Midrash Yumi. This is still as Rebek. Still in Pashat uh, still in Pashat Korach. The earth opened its mouth. That's the language that the Torah uses to describe how the a great pit opened up and they fell inside. The Medra says, That what actually happened was that many, many mouths opened up. As you know that, because it says, Yisrael that the earth opened up its mouth in the midst of all of Israel. So Rabbi Yudah is saying how if it's in the midst of all of Israel, then it has to be a lot of different little mouths because some people fell in, some people didn't. They're all mixed up. Therefore you need that a pit should open up underneath the feet, feet of every single person that fell in. Bekerev kol Yisrael, in the midst of all of Israel. So the Machanei Yisrael is very, very big. And in the midst of all that large camp, there was a mouth, meaning many mouths. Not true. It says the earth opened up its mouth, and the earth only has one mouth. The language of the Pasuk also indicates one mouth. So how do you explain the fact that it says in the midst of all Israel? So he answered, That the ground the entire area became like a funnel. In other words, it, it was it became inclined towards the middle point, and wherever any one of them, one of the people from Adat Korach, was found, he began to roll until he got to the point of the real mouth of the of the earth. And in Seit Mekayim Bekerev Yisrael, Umekayim Betiftach Aratzet that where you can have both Bekerev Koyisra, that it was in the midst of all Israel, and also only one mouth. Because it was one mouth, but it, it, it opened up everywhere, meaning this sort of funnel shape and then the drop. It's a little bit humorous, no? There's a slight incline of a funnel, you get to the middle and then boom, you fall down, you fall down to the bottom. So we have a machloket in the Midrash between Rabbi Yehuda who says many mouths and Rabbi Nechemia who says one mouth in the middle but a funnel leading to it. What's the meaning of this Midrash? I think the explanation is as follows. The people in Adat Karach were all different people. Not just in theory we say that all, everyone is different. But in terms of their argument, uh, clearly they came for different reasons. Korach had his beef. Apparently he wanted to be Kohen Gadol. He was angry at Aaron. 
Tatan Baviva, they're not, they're not candidates to be Kohen Gadol. They had another beef. They were angry with Moshe Rabbeinu for telling them what to do. Own Ben Pellet, I don't have the faintest idea what he wanted. The Matayim Chavishimish came for other reasons. They were searching for God. They wanted to bring Ketoret. And there were all kinds of other people. The Midrash explains how Korach spent all night looking for every cause of dissension he could find and adding them to his camp. Basically, you have here a collection of people who what unifies them is that they're angry at somebody else. So, in theory, they should each receive a different punishment or a different, a different destiny. And that's what Abiyuda says. If they're being swallowed up by the earth, which sounds like the same thing, but each one of them is swallowed up differently. Each one has his own mouth that grabs him. Each one gets buried in his own particular place. Each one, according to his place within Israel, that's where he was swallowed up. Different, different bites for each one. A little nibble for you and a different nibble for you. Rabbi Nehemiah says, the Pasuk says, one mouth. How do I have one mouth? There was this funnel shape and they all rolled and got to it. What does that mean? I think he agrees that each one is different. But he says, the cause, if you go deeper, behind them all stood Korach. So the earth inclines underneath the individual feet of each one but then he rolls until he comes to that central point which pulls them all together. That's the whole of Korach. In other words, the machloket, the, distinction, the, the dispute between Nehemiah and Rabbi Huda is, are they treated for what they've done or for the underlying psychological cause which unifies them all? And the question is, like, what is the destiny? Are you, is what you do, that's who you are? Or does God, who sees deep into one's heart, really judge and, and in the end put a stamp on a person on the basis of his ultimate motivation and the cause that underlies his actions. And this is expressed by the two different places that they were swallowed up. Were they swallowed up by the ground underneath their own feet? Or did they roll, 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 following gravity till they got back to the place which pulls them all together, which I think is where Korach's mouth was found, and that was the mouth of the earth which swallowed them all up. That's it for today. We heard today the shiur on Mesachet Berachot Halachava Vagada, followed by the daily midrash from Pashat Korach. Tomorrow we'll be back with Pashat uh, Shavua. And until then, call to this is Ben Ezra Bek. Wishing you the best. Learn well. Bibakat Atorah Mitzion. And we'll be back tomorrow.